Hey guys, Podcast Rob here, and as we do in the month of December, we're giving you our best of for the year of 2023. So this week, I'm going to go with Top Audience Pops. We had guest Tim Stevens on talking about the biggest audience reactions in movies that we can remember. So here it is, Top Audience Pops. Art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Okay, here we go. Something, okay, hey everybody, I'm James Ed. I'm Podcast Rob. And you are listening to the 10-year-old plus one month show, The Something Something Cast. Something Something Cast. Yeah, technically, technically this is the start of year 11. Yeah, I. what's oh, funny is you know... Just is saying this... that made my knees hurt. <laughs> and you haven't even had knee surgery no. in, the, in the time of this show. Um... I was going to try and figure out whether we've been doing it wrong, whether it's one year anniversary, but we didn't because we didn't call the first year episode one. It's like the WrestleMania problem. Anyway, yes, this is, we're, we're too old now. It's almost to the point where our show is in high school. Anyway, what are we discussing today, my friend? So today our topic is loudest movie pops. So for those of you who may be unaware of the term pop, um, I believe, uh, I mean, I heard it from a wrestling standpoint, um, and it's basically when something happens and the crowd suddenly goes batshit wild. Yeah. Um, there have been a number of those in movies over the years, so this is not, as as James had actually messaged me earlier today to make sure, this is not the loudest crowd in a movie. This is the the loudest audience reaction from watching the movie that we are watching. Um, yes. We are doing our top six, and uh, it is not just me and Mr. Hatton. No, no, no. no. We're bringing back we, an oldie and a goodie. Yes, one of my we went back to, in the to one of our original members of our Something cast, and he is going to come what? back and join us today, <laughs> Mr. Tim Stevens. Good oh evening, gosh. or perhaps morning when you're listening to this. Uh, first, I just want to check, James, when do you think kids start high school? I, it's. I know it's thirteen. I mean, I have a. I have step fourteen. Kid. I know, so 14, 13, I thought it was thirteen. So your show's got four years before you guys have to pack them up and send them to high school. It's Don't a worry. very smart show. It's <laughs> and then another four years age. after that before they start driving. And when that happens, <laughs> me and Hatton don't even have to record anymore. The show's just going to do itself. <laughs> this show's been driving itself for years. Well, that's. I, I hope you guys have been Fair. saving money for the college fund. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Homeschooled. <laughs> Have you heard our show? Does this sound like a college level show? <laughs> this is a homeschooled show, and they couldn't afford the textbooks. 
And the show sadly does not believe in vaccines. It's weird. We're trying to get him through it. Anyway. The opinions of James Hatton are not necessarily the opinions of this show as a whole. Uh, it's not me. It's the show. Yeah. I've, I've gotten, I got X, I got both vaccines so they can fight to the death. Oh, I got, yeah, I got all five of them. <laughs> I had the, uh, what do they call it? The Arnold Palmer. <laughs> it was, it was Kirk Gorn going on in my veins. Yeah, exactly. That had to be annoying. Just like going grocery shopping. Just here. <laughs> talking about vaccines. I don't, I don't understand. Why are we talking about vaccines? Yeah, I have no idea. Did something what? happen? No, we're t- oh, okay. it was just a it was a homeschooled historical reference of various social. Okay, because uh, like there was no big diseases lately or anything, right? Like yeah, not oh, five years. No, past five years, nothing. No. It has been a dream. Cool, because cool. I've been super busy, so I haven't been watching the news or anything. Just checking. <laughs> so well, now, that we, may- now that we've alienated the four listeners that we have on our show. <laughs> For those Ooh. unaware, uh, Mr. Tim has uh, been a writer for many a website, including one, uh, Marvel.com. Where are they reading you at this very moment, though? I am the TV editor at thespool.net, and I am a film critic at large at uh, wealthofgeeks.com. And uh, other, I do other freelance stuff here and there. And if you're really interested in my work and like you're the hardcore fans, you can see my writing at uh, ConnecticutCollege.edu or ConCall.edu specifically. I am a, that's my salary job. I'm a writer over there. So if you like really get off on higher education, that's what's up. Very nice. One day our show will, will read you with a plum. <laughs> Cons yeah, are really expensive. We'll, we'll you do, guys don't it'll need be, that college fund. <laughs> it'll be like when we did our when we did our choose your own adventure stream on Twitch. We'll just read Tim Stevens' stuff on Twitch. <laughs> You'll get smarter just listening to Tim long enough. It's uh, that's nice. I mean, it's not wrong, but it's very nice. <laughs> but yeah, what I think this is is this the first episode you've done with us that isn't Marvel specific? And I'm sure it'll pop up here or there. But I think this is the first like non comic book oriented episode. I think it's the first non-comic book oriented one. I'm yeah. not sure. I think we might have done one that wasn't specifically Marvel before this. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is more um, in the general than previous ones. Well, I'm thrilled to find out. Uh, Tim, why don't you start off with your first big pop? All right. I got to open this massive document here, guys. You're just going to you know, Unsplit. stall for time as I... Uh... All right, here we go. Holds. Um, so I'm... I'm going to start with the real crowd pleaser here. Uh, this is probably on both of your lists, and I don't care because you let me go first. Uh, it is from Aliens. Stay away from her, you bitch. Oh, it's very going. Very nice. I actually have that on my list as well. Yeah, I figured somebody would because people here on this podcast have taste. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a classic moment towards the end of the film. The queen is advancing on the uh, poor child, and uh, we get our Ripley hero moment in the, I forget what the official name is, the Big Mech suit. Uh, and it's great. It's amazing. And uh, if you don't cheer, you're dead inside. That's fair. Now, is when it- when you went and saw this and that event happened, was it when she appeared in the power loader or was it when the line came? Uh, I think it's the line, because the line makes it really 
is the aggressive part of it. The power loader is cool in and of itself, but I think it's the combination of the two for me. Yeah, no, I would have to agree. Well, and, I will jump. Hatton oh, is dead inside because he no, I, <laughs> I just wasn't on my list. I still think it's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here you do. Fine. Well, here's one that I would expect is probably also on. This might be a very short episode if we, if we like hit two <laughs> of every uh, because this is this is a big one. Um, I went with the moment when a man finally gets his revenge. I want my father back, you son of a bitch, mm. as Inigo Montoya. Slash good one. Very good. Just a, it still get chills when I see it. Um, and f- if you are interested, I recently found, I guess this was during pandemic time, a bunch of movie people. And by a bunch, I mean all of the movie people do the entirety of Princess Bride in like short little snippets. And it's, you know, Patton Oswald as the Vizine, as Vizini. You oh, have yeah. Pedro yeah. Pascal as Inigo. It's, and it just she keeps changing. Uh, this scene has um, uh, Christopher Guest is being played by Breaking Bad. Uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, yeah, Walter White. Walter White, yeah, and his name is Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Um, <laughs> and so they jump back between him and the gentleman who's playing Inigo, and every time they flash back, he's got like ketchup across his face where he does the slashes because it's, it's all very low budget, hysterical. <laughs> but even then. Still chills. You killed That's my father, you son of a bitch. It was definitely in the running, but I did not ultimately put it on my list, but that is a great choice. Yeah, good choice. Not on my list either. Ooh, oh, and I'm dead inside. I see. Yeah, well, I mean. Fair. But it not can be true. <laughs> you can make a good choice and still be dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> not exclusive. I see. All Rob, right, where so are you going? My first one was a cameo. And this was a cameo that was pretty much well hidden from, I would have to assume from the reaction, most of the audience at the movie theater that I was at. Um, Sean Connery playing uh, the king at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. This is one of your mm. old favorites. This is one that, that, uh, that pops up from time to time. You, you do love yourself some Sean Connery and Prince of Thieves. I mean, it was it was a good movie. I liked it. It was a fun movie. You know, however people may feel about Kevin Costner and the the varying accent, notwithstanding, um, Alan Rickman is in it. He carries the movie all on his own. But uh, at the end, when Robin and Marion are getting married, and you just hear that very Scottish hold, and like the audience collectively was like, huh? and then when he showed up on screen, the place just went fucking nuts. Um, it was a great camo, and I don't cameo, and I don't know if you could do that today. I think like that get away get, with it. I think you could, would be completely ruined. I don't think you would really surprise anybody. If the marketing firm like wouldn't that. trust it, they'd put it in the trailer, kind of thing you're talking about. Oh, yeah, or or it would just get out on Instagram or Twitter or, sure, or whatever yeah. whatever people are using these days. Blue um, sky. But yeah, I don't That's I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be. Uh, kept a secret very long. Yeah, I don't know anymore because I don't watch movies in theaters, so I never get that experience. I'm lucky if something hasn't been, a, like a big secret like that has been spoiled for me. If I can get away with it, it's very rare. So I, I don't know because I have not been outside in five years. 
Movie Remove is, is either you see it in theaters the first weekend and it doesn't yeah. get spoiled for you, or you see it like five years later and you forgot that detail. Yeah. Exactly. So then it's like, oh, that's right. I remember this now, but it's it's far enough away that I was surprised. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. I live in I the I've gotten my wife even to the point of like not watching trailers because she doesn't want anything spoiled. And mm. then when we see something, it's all it's brand new. She we watched a movie the other day, Vivarium, and quite literally. Uh, she goes, all right, so here's the summary. It's about two people. Nope, don't tell me. I'm t- we're watching it, so just put it on. I'll figure it out. Was it the Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. It was like Did a Twilight like Zone movie. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Oh, okay. it, was a, it was a fun little Twilight Zone movie. Like It seems it, like the kind of thing you get annoyed with, because I know how you feel about yes. and I, elevated horror. And about 80% of the way through, <laughs> I looked to her and I said, this movie is going to make me angry. <laughs> and, and lo and behold, the ending, how it gives, there's enough answer for me not to feel completely like disgusted. It, it was not a, um, uh, what's the one I, that I always reference that I can't remember the, the, the girl with the beheading. Anyway, I'll remember it mid show. Girl with the beheading. Sure, you're just going to blurt it out in the middle of somebody else. You're thinking like you're next or? Uh, no. Your next was terrible. No, 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 he didn't really like, yeah. No, Hereditary. Oh, oh yeah, that's a very specific heading. I should have pulled that one. Yeah, it's a very, and it's like, I think that's sort of the archetype for elevated horror at this point, that and Babadook, which mm. I really liked. Anyway, none of this relates to our topic at hand. It is fascinating, because we are fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it could, there might be something that shows up on somebody's list from a horror movie, who knows? Well, let's find out. I believe it is Tim's. My next one is the... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to prime time, bitch. Uh, Boy, let's see what I'm going to throw on next. All right, this is... um, I guess I'd call this a quieter pop, but I think it's shown through longevity uh, that it belongs on the list, and it's uh, Andy emerging from the sewer pipe in Shawshank Redemption. That just missed my list. So close. Like, I saw it in theaters, but I probably was, like, one of six because it didn't really catch on until it was on television. Mm-hmm. But it is just such an indelible moment, such a you know, iconic image, and um, you can't help but get the adrenaline pumping when the lightning strikes and he reaches for the sky. It's just Oh, great. yeah. Man who crawled through a mile of shit and came out clean the other <laughs> side. One of my favorite movies of all time for good reason. Love mm. that sequence. Generally, any sort of lead actor in an emotional moment, like standing out in the rain, yeah, has a chance to be. Has a chance to be like. Also, Brendan Fraser in School Ties. You're like, oh, just chills. Ah, oh, I forgot that movie, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that movie. That. Yeah, that's a good one. Rob, what you got? So my next one. This might be more personal to me. Um, we actually went to the midnight showing of this movie and there were only about, mm, I'd say 50 of us in the theater. Um, but when this scene happened, the 50 of us were loud as hell. Um, it is from the movie Serenity. It is when, uh, it is when Wash pilots the Firefly out of the Reaver cloud and all of the fucking Reavers in existence follow them as Mm. they're headed into the uh, awaiting armada from the operative. Like a leaf on the wind, did they go? Yeah. Still too soon. (laughs) Have you you seen that movie, Haddon? 
Oh yes, most and definitely. Tim, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it it doesn't end well, but but that scene is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it feels like Whedon got his you know big spaceship moment there. Like that's the scene mm. he had in his head because it's yeah. it's that moment. Yeah, and now now how do we write a movie around this? <laughs> this is the scene I want to include. Now we just need a story. I need it. I need one season of a show that's going to be fucked around by the network, and then I need. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was a, it was a long haul, long yes. con for the entire time. <laughs> but I think that yeah. uh, I will segue naturally to my next one, which is another Joss Whedon affair. Oh, okay. it is the moment in Cabin in the Woods when all the doors open and Ooh. all hell breaks loose. Very good. It is. I remember seeing it in the theater, and I don't remember if there was a loud like audience. Uh, approval, but there was definitely a moment where everybody just kind of cackled because it just goes from nothing, and you know it's probably coming, but you don't know what it's going to be like because there's just so many weird creatures, and then it's everything. There's mm-hmm. Fornicus and the unicorn and the... howled at that moment, and it's just such a big thrill because it's just not what you expected for what starts as you know a classic camp thriller. Um, for it's just tumultuous of monsters love it it definitely had that feel of the uh the uh the chris pratt meme you know where he where he suddenly turns and looks at the camera and it's like the, oh, oh like, yeah. the audience definitely <laughs> yeah. did one of those yes. it's like oh shit is about to get the realest of reels right now because in that movie, you don't think they're going to go that route where you see all of these things in action. It feels just sort of a throwaway gag. These are the other monsters you could have gotten. These are the ones you get. So when it builds to that, it feels so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they definitely tease with a lot of stuff of like showing kind of like the elevator, you know, going mm-hmm. past all of the other creatures. And you do just get that that like little taste of it all. It's yeah. almost like... When in 13 Ghosts, when they all end up loose, you know, yes. like you kind of see them all and you're like, wow, that's that's terrifying. And then you're like, oh, oh, and oh, they're all they're all out. Oh, and this is our plot. Very. Oh, oh, I see. All right. We move to Tim. I could keep us on the um, Hollywood great guy. Um Joss Whedon, but I think I'm going to mess around a little bit here and change pace. I'm going with uh, the first John Wick. People are asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted... was in the trailer, and even in the trailer when it showed up in the movie, it still was just, you could feel the crowd just go bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that kind of moment that uh, even though everyone knew it was coming, it was still 100% everybody on board for it. Yeah, that's one of those movies where the trailer, I mean, the trailer told you what the movie was, but it didn't matter because it was exactly what it should have been. Right. Yeah. I've wanted to go back and rewatch all of them sort of in a row just to get the full story again. It's on a head spinning because of how huge it gets by the end, given mm-hmm. how tiny it starts in that first film. It's almost like another little franchise uh, Rob and I discuss on the semi-frequently about a couple of low-end criminals that were selling TDVCR combos. Steal them. Uh. <laughs> and now, jump jets in space. Yeah. I have to watch the John Wick movies. I actually haven't seen any of them yet. Oh, you Ooh. would really enjoy them. Yeah, At the very least, start with it. just the first one because it is a classic action 
bonanza. I think they're all on like streaming services now, except for maybe the fourth one. And then you watch the uh, Jordan Peele vehicle about the cat. Yeah, man. Which is is a parody therein, but for another time. Rob. Uh, Man, so I have three left. Really? Um, Oh, yeah, because Tim copied my Aliens one. So that was a duplicate. (laughs) How dare In advance. Exactly. (laughs) Um, All right, so uh, this was the last line of a movie and it was ad-libbed. Hmm. Tony Stark announcing that he is Iron Man. Ah, that's a good one. That was ad-libbed? Yep. Yeah. He was supposed he had this whole excuse uh that was scripted as to like how he was supposed to cover and like distract and everything else and Robert Downey Jr was just like I'm Iron Man. And when, like, again, the movie takes you to that point where you're not expecting just the outright admittal. Like, you're you're preparing yourself for the deflection and the flashbulbs and, you know, the interrogation and everything from the press. And the way he just kind of casually dropped it out there, the audience just lost it. Yeah, I had no idea that was ad-libbed. That's amazing. Most of Iron Man 1 was ad-libbed. Like, he did not have a whole lot of script. A lot of that was just... Robert Downey Jr. He's an American treasure for that reason. <laughs> so I guess I will stick with the superhero kick. Okay. Uh, and this is one that I only just recently saw. I had been saving this movie for after I had shown my wife the first two in this trilogy. Um, so I, I knew what happens. I knew the big to do, but I hadn't seen it. Um, Wait, hold on. Can I guess? You sure can. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I have a special cut that's 30 (laughs) seconds. I cheered at the credits. Go on, sorry. No problem. It is the the Tom Holland Spider-Man's Spider-Man's. And I knew what the multiverse Spider-Man No Way Home was going to be like. Um, And yet still, the scene when they have all three Spider-Man of... Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and uh, Tobey Maguire, all three flying through the air together, and they each are in their sort of classic pose mm-hmm. as they swing around the Statue of Liberty. I was, like, me and my wife like, were gripping each other because it was such an amazing just shot. It, it really is just, you don't expect to see that sort of eras of a movie it could never it'll probably never be able to be done again until disney revamps the mcu three more times um but in that moment it was just this perfect movie moment that i'm sure crowds went apeshit for when they actually saw it in theaters uh i love that trilogy i think it might be my favorite collection of marvel movies at this point yeah there's Two other moments I think that the crowd also goes nuts for, and they're both of the appearances of the previous Spider-Mans when they walk through the, the oh, portals. Sure. Makes oh, yes. But it was one of those movies that there were multiples, you know, just kept ramping up. Yeah, and Britt had not, didn't know that that was the premise of the film, because, again, we live in a bubble. And so <laughs> after the villains, she was quite like, oh, I got all the villains back, that's so great. And then she goes, wouldn't it be great if... Dot, dot, dot shows up, and lo and behold, here comes Andrew Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) 
when she was looking for Tobey Maguire and then Tobey Maguire. And I, I will so. say that the trailers have gotten better. Um, I want to say it kind of started with Civil War because that was Spider-Man's first appearance. Mm-hmm. Right? And they CGI'd him out of the trailer. So it wasn't a reveal when you kind of saw the two teams kind of mm-hmm. squaring up against each other at the airport. Um, and they've done that a couple other times. They they CGI'd the regular Hulk into, like, Infinity War, so nobody saw Banner in the Hulkbuster armor. Um, and they CGI'd all of the other Spider-Men out from the scene where he is swinging towards all the villains, and there's, like, the three villains and the three Spider-Men. They CGI'd the other two out. Um... What they didn't CGI out was the lizard getting punched. Yeah, I can remember that, like, all over the internet. It's funny, the lizard just seems to, like, stop midair and fall. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, he, it's like he's, <laughs> he takes one to the chin, but there's nobody there. Um, but yeah, they have been getting better at that kind of stuff. That well, next year, Next year, we're getting Mark Ruffalo, Eric Bana, Edward Norton, and Lou Ferrigno. So. <laughs> oh, good lord, Planet Hulk. <laughs> to tim all right uh to me so we've been dwelling in the action realm for the most part i'm gonna change the pace a little bit go purely dialogue driven and um it's the american president and it's president stanton's last speech to the press which ends with him saying uh the whole thing throughout the movie is his opponent keeps saying i'm bob rushman and i'm running for president and uh, Andrew Stanton ends his speech with, I'm Andrew Stanton, and I am the president. And uh, I'm not doing it justice because I'm not a paid actor. But <laughs> if uh, you see the film or if you've seen the film, you know absolutely what I'm talking about. And it's a, um, it's just a well-written moment, but it's also a moment where he finally this guy gets off the mat and stops taking it on the chin. I've never seen it. I've never seen The American President. I mean, I know Aaron Sorkin has his detractors and so on, but if you've enjoyed an Aaron Sorkin film, you would definitely uh, enjoy putting this in your veins. Yeah, I love Sorkin, so. So, I I would recommend that highly. All right. And it's Douglas and Benning. Like, of course I should see it. I just haven't. (laughs) And just looking at the IMDb, Samantha Mathis is in it. And that's. Yes, she is. A special treat. Rob. Uh, So. I am going to go with one that happened in my youth. Um, it is, again, one of a number of franchise movies. Uh, however, this one might have been the best of them. And I think there's like 10 of them now or something like that. Um, no, we are not taking a trip back to... Uh, Family. Uh, this is this is Rocky Four uh, when Rocky knocks out Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. have I have this movie on my list. Okay, not for that moment. Ever but... for the robot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Rocky Four unashamedly and unironically. Um, so four, in terms of pop moments, too. Four is. Uh, it's so huge that yes. uh, I definitely get it. Like I had one on my extended list, which would be him rising the stairs in the first Rocky. Of course, but it's undeniable that um, four is the one that blows the doors off the joint. Yeah, yeah, 
for is they 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 go out of their way to make a movie that is just sort of distilled Rocky. Yeah, it, it is all montages or moments that like you go, oh damn, <laughs> hearts on fire, baby. <laughs> it's on my workout playlist. <laughs> I guess so. For Rocky Four, I went with uh, the moment shortly after he knocks out Drago, the speech in the ring. Mm. It was, if I can get along, and the Russian guy right next to him, we, you could get along, we all can get along, and the crowd, Russian, who didn't understand a damn word they, he just said. <laughs> yeah, he saw the Cold War in just that moment. It's done. He didn't realize, I mean, it took like five years after the world to catch up, but that was the moment. <laughs> That was Rocky Five when he punches down the Berlin Wall. Oh. <laughs> Rocky Five. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate Rocky Five like the rest of the world. Mostly because <clears throat> the, El- the Elton John song. <laughs> the measure of a man. Maybe I will revisit it someday, but. Don't. Oof. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> George Washington. What was it? George Washington. I can't remember the, the Don King guy. Oh, right. Totally Punch me and I'll sue. It's not George Washington Carver. Uh, what is this? What, uh, Rocky Five? Rocky Five, yeah. yeah. Got to put some hustle behind that muscle. With Tommy the Machine Gun, yeah. Yep. Which was addressed in, uh, I think, Creed, one of the creeds where they show pictures of his son, because that was actually Sly Stone who passed. Duke? And, right. Yeah, yes, George Washington Duke. Thank you. Got to put some hustle behind that muscle. <laughs> I, like, I know you weren't talking about Burgess Meredith. No, 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 no. no. He's way too young. To... Lightning and crap thunder rock. <laughs> He's way too young to be Rocky's son. Well, yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> Clearly. All right, that was a two for Rocky Four. Tim, we jump back to you. All right. Uh, let's see here. Torn between proving my film bona fides and just going with the big crowd pleasers, or doing one that's really going to piss you off. Uh, but I'll <laughs> save that one for the other mentions. Um, I'm going to do this one from Upgrade, which is um, I don't know how many people have seen it. It's awesome. Uh, Lay Wayland film. Uh, go out and see it now if you like action movies at all. Uh, the whole premise is the uh, lead character gets an implant which essentially makes him superhuman and he doesn't realize it and there's a moment where his powers kick in uh, he takes a punch from a guy and the whole screen the um, so he's laying down and the whole screen shifts as he like pops right immediately back up to his feet so it goes from vertical to horizontal um, and it's just it's a huge like everything changes in that moment and the film is smart enough to make everything including the aspect ratio at which you're watching it change as well um, really thing i've said is you know in um um the first hulk movie there was the whole idea that they're going to do like comic panels but they did in my opinion didn't do a great job this is a movie that really gets the idea of making comic panels into live action Hmm. It's been on my like to watch list, just sort of in there, and it's you know I've skimmed by it. It's it's made by people I like. It's made by Bloomhouse. It's yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely you know next time you get a chance, I highly recommend it. 
Yeah, I'm gonna immediately put that. I've, I started using a uh, movie list so I can remember things that I forget because I have the mind of a sieve. So that is going <laughs> on the movie list literally as we talk. Rob, have you seen it? Uh, no, I have not. Upgrade. Bloom House. Anyway. Stars the American Tom Hardy, whose name I can't even remember, but it's that guy that looks like Tom Hardy, but is American. Logan Marshall uh, Green. Yes, there you go. Thank you. He was the first shocker in uh, the is it Homecoming, uh, the one who gets killed pretty early on. Gotcha. Oh, Michael Keaton. Anyway. <laughs> Rob? Yes. So we are down to my... Uh, you know what? I did happen to dig up another one that would have what? been on my honorable mention since Tim copied over my aliens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, preemptively announced his aliens. Tim thieving, Stephen. Um, so this was a movie that I first saw in college with a bunch of my college friends. And we went back and saw this movie like five times. Um, and the last couple times we went, we went as if we were in the crowd in the movie. Um, <laughs> the movie is Major League, and the pop oh, wow. moment was when Wild Thing Ricky Vaughn strikes out Haywood at the end and throws like a 101-mile-an-hour fastball. Hmm. Um, the audience went nuts, but the last bunch of times we went there, we went and sat in like the back row and we had like wild thing oak tag signs. Like we were in the stadium. <laughs> like we turned it fucking Rocky Horror for Major League. Oh, that's great. But the um, usher is asking you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, it's a really fun movie. I, I don't know that the, the later uh, entries into the franchise held up as good as the first one did. Um, but that scene at the end when he he strikes out Haywood was pretty impressive and pretty loud. Those movies are super fun. I really, well, at least the first one and the second one. Um, I wonder if in the age that we live in, they hold up. Because some movies from that era don't work anymore. I have to assume Major League is still I funny I think they hell. still do. Well, I mean, I'm, I can't imagine yeah. anything... I can't see anything in Major League that wouldn't yeah. hold up. I don't think so. I think it would probably there's maybe a little bit of language or like a couple uh, offhand the, remarks that are probably that don't jive. But I mean, it depends on how sensitive you want to get. Like, I'm sure someone true. could object to the depiction of voodoo. Um, oh sure, yeah. But yeah, it's Jobu. it's also so over the top that like if you can't understand that it's not actual voodoo, I don't know what to tell you. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, too, that I guess gives it kind of a pass is that it is a sports movie. Also true. So it's kind of hard to have sports movies not hold up. You know, it's like bad. they haven't changed the game of baseball enough to like, you know, they're not hitting a beach ball. You know, it's still a baseball. There's still nine guys on a team. There's still three outs. Like it's it's still analogous to where. I don't see how those kind of sports movies can not hold up over time um, unless something drastic changes in the real world to the game itself. Well, they did change the sixth inning exchange rule. I do know that. I made that up. <laughs> I know nothing. I, I was going to say, I know you made that up because you know nothing about sports. <laughs> but for you know more about cars than you know about sports, and you don't know about cars. 
be fair, I did spend about 30 seconds going through, like, I know they made new rule changes this year. I remember if that's one of them. <laughs> Those yeah, that words was, that was when come the, six, come the sixth inning, uh, they got to, you know, each team got to pick a player on the opposing team to play for them for the rest of the game, right? Yeah. Yes. That would be I mean, that's a rule change to suggest for next year. I like the idea of it. Oh, so I guess I'm down to my last two, and these ones are... Uh, these are, if you know me, these, these are semi-gimmies, but we are going to go through them anyway. And since I saw the segue to mention Samantha Mathis, or I did in reference to make the connection, uh, one of my favorite movies in the world is Pump Up the Volume. And when he crests the hill and the concrete blonde version of Everybody Knows starts playing, and like everybody's in the field watching him, and the cop, the FCC is chasing after him. I chill. I have chills talking about it because it is such a beautiful moment of you. You know, you stopped me, or you're going to stop me, but you can't stop the message. Um, just pure. I will pop in my living room watching it. It's a great one. Talk hard. Great Harry. movie too. Talk hard indeed. I read a, a quick aside. I read a great article about the history of it. I think it was a maybe a Variety or a Vanity Fair, something with a V. Um, just the other day about like how it's one of the movies that everybody who was in it still is very, very, very happy with it, even though they all went in very different directions and they all feel like they tapped into something that wasn't wasn't really being discussed until maybe a year or two later, like before. Um, oh, what was? The Slackers movie with Ethan Hawke. Um, was it Slackers? <laughs> oh, you mean um, Reality Bites? Reality Bites. Like, it wasn't in for another year or two before the grunge movie era started to hmm. kick in. Um, that it hit a zitgeist that nobody knew was coming. Good one. I think of that one, but that's a great choice. Thank you. It's also a movie that you don't you can't find it often because of the movie, because of the music rights. Yeah, I'm glad I own it on DVD because it is uh, a hard one to chase down. Yeah. Um, one of the big mm, songs that is the reason is because uh, he plays like 10 seconds of a B-side mixtape Beastie Boys song that like they've never released. So oh, I wonder if they're, yeah, and it's probably complicated because they used to sample a lot back then. Yeah, very much. And it's also, a, it's a, you know, this is 1989 or so. It's a, it's a bit of a, darker song so to speak you know they're they're young it's pre it's like almost right after license to ill oh, that's fascinating all right that's a reminder Tim? to everyone out there make sure you get physical media yes streaming will take anything away from you the moment it wants to mm. that's why i don't like spy i have spotify but I, I dislike that i can't put my own music on there oh that's so frustrating it is Anyway, <laughs> all I want is Space Ghost Musical Barbecue, and nobody has it. Yeah, I have a ton of stuff on that I burned on CDs back in the day that I can't find on any streaming service because no? it was, you know, live cut that got leaked or something like that. It's, you know, I get it from a right standpoint, but it's super frustrating that you can't access that stuff anymore. Um, and certain music, like when Google Music, pre-YouTube music, uh, they allowed you to upload your own versions of songs. Hmm. And then when they moved to YouTube music, they sort of grandfathered you, but now all of that is gone. So if you want your own media, you have to save it somewhere. Yeah. And just for those listening, uh, it is The Scenario by Beastie Boys. Oh, good. Yes. Let's work. 
Tim, we is are circling back. It is again. Oh. All right. All right, so one thing we haven't done a lot of, which is why I'm going to make this my next choice, is um, the way music can make a scene pop as well. Mm. So I'm going to the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, it is the climax scene with him um, stealing the painting using a bunch of men in suits, uh, like from the famous painting with the apple in front of the man in the suit and the hat, mm -hmm. whose name I cannot remember. Uh, but it is set to the song Sinner Man, and the I can't remember the editor of the film. I'm really sorry. It, but the editor has uh, arranged it so it cuts on the beats, and it is uh, it's just a, a very well exe executed heist scene, and yes. also um, because of how it's cut, um, the music and the imagery works perfectly together to really get your heart going. So it's the Sinner Man scene from the Thomas Crown Affair. Such a great movie. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, and they're all of them in the suits are sort of walking around and crisscrossing and right. it's choreographed like a dance. It's choreographed like a musical, basically, yes. except they're not dancing. It's just the way they direct traffic. It's really well mm -hmm. done. And from the audience perspective, you know exactly what's going on and why it's going mm -hmm. on. You don't know the result, but you, you know, it's this, like you said, it's just a gorgeously choreographed piece. Well done. How's it going? Rob? Uh, again, just for those listening at home, uh, the painting is The Son of Man by Rene Marguerite. Thank you. And uh, like I'm guessing footnotes. Rob had that one that was the long pause. Sorry to steal another <laughs> one from you, Rob. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> I, was waiting for the, I was waiting for the when does it make the most sense to, to cut in again. Um, <laughs> I like this painting because I'm also a huge fan of Alton Brown. And if you've ever watched episodes of Good Eats, he has like a parody of this painting. Uh, oh. In the living room set, that instead of a apple, I believe it's like a roasted chicken, <laughs> kind of That's hovering in front of the guy's okay. face. I like this painting because I like bowler hats. There, underrated. What's hat. uh, all right? So I, more, have, I have one left, and I would be surprised. The only reason it it shouldn't be on everybody's list is if everybody was actively thinking mm, somebody else is going to have this, and I don't want to duplicate. Um, it is to date probably the loudest movie theater crowd pop I have ever heard in the movie theater. Yeah, this is uh, one I decided not to do specifically for this reason. <laughs> it Same. is, uh, and it, it kind of teases you and sets it up too. Because, uh, you know, Thor's pinned against a rock, Thanos is punching him, and all of a sudden, mm. bang, he gets pinged by the hammer. And the crowd kind of like cheers and then there's a gasp and a pause and everybody holds their breath as that hammer does the U-turn and flies back. And then you see Cap catch that hammer. I'm surprised that there are movie theaters that still have roofs on them because <laughs> it went absolutely ridiculous when that happened. It, my, I know my theater did when I saw it and it is... Same as Tim said, that's the exact reason that I didn't put it on, if only because it was my sort of go-to example for what this episode was about. Like, you, like we're right. talking Cap, Cap America with the, with the hammer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so good. It is so, it's such a well-done, well-built moment. Um, it answers comic book questions. It's good for the geeks. It's good for, ah, oh, it's just across the board. It's such a great movie moment. It, it works like you said, it works for comic fans. It works if this is the only one you've seen for whatever reason. It yep. works in the context of the movie. It works if you've seen all of them because 
Um, you've been waiting, what was it, 23, 22 movies by that point for a moment <laughs> yes. like this to happen. So, yeah, the payoff is multi-valenced. Uh, and, Especially and you've as a, been, oh, go ahead. And you've been waiting since Age of Ultron uh, to, to get what I'll call is the punchline to that setup. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where... Thor actually looks a bit nervous because Cap's the only one that makes it even move. Mm-hmm. And then we go another 18, 19 movies later <laughs> to get that payoff at the end. Right. And Thor's reaction, I mean, Thor's reaction doesn't get to pop, but it's also wonderful, which is uh, his, I think the line is just, I knew it, uh, yeah. but he's so excited about it. Whereas in, the, <laughs> in uh, Age of Ultron, they're still not, you know, as connected and he's nervous that he's going to get shown up. In this film, he's like, thrilled not just because it turns the tide of the battle but also like i don't know he feels happy for his friend for lack of a better way to put it and i really like that as well yeah he's no longer threatened it's a necessary moment he feels okay about it yeah 100 percent. brilliant so i have one more and this is uh also from the james hatton he must mention these movies at some point in time list (laughs) um this also has a very amazing musical cue which anybody who used to listen to my old podcast may be familiar with, as uh, this is a big fight scene. The hero is down and out. He can't tap into that inner fire. And then he gets his head dunked in, a, in an oil drum full of water, and he starts flashing back to everything, his whole history, and he learns that all along the glow was inside of him. And he head goes up, and there's this as the water sprays across. And Shonuff yells, Who is the master? And he catches his fist, and it starts to glow. As Bruce Leroy goes, I am. Oh, there's. Fuck Captain America. It's all about. (laughs) It's all about Timac. The last dragon. Fight scene at the end. Bruce Lee, we're getting the glow. So good. Um, so so good. Nobody. All right. I'll just stay. Cheese will stand oh, alone on well this done. one. I said Barry, well done. Oh, was it well done? You want to give Barry. you your moment though, man. You had a little show <laughs> yeah, no, for no, us. <laughs> I just have. I haven't seen that movie in absolute years. Can, we should do it as a, as one of our drive-ins, as a Discord drive-in. Okay. Because I know lots of people uh, who are fans of us are fans of that movie because we all have the same taste as a 13-year-old boy. It's true. I know what we are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Tim, I do believe you had at least one more. I have a bunch more, but I... uh, We are on our sixth, correct? I believe so, yes. Okay, so I'm going to go a little controversial... Yeah, I'll go a little controversial here, a little <laughs> more recent. I'm going to go the Akira slide reference in Nope. <gasps> so fun. So much fun. I loved that movie more than a lot of people. I, You and me both. Uh, I think that helps. But also just if you are a fan of Akira or a fan of anime in general, to see uh, that moment in live action and in the context of the movie when it's taking place... Um, you have the excitement of the moment itself, but also uh, the thrill of like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what he's doing. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a great thing. It is. It's, uh, I explained, I think I had explained it 
to my wife when we watched it because it's not if you don't know the source you don't know the right. source uh but the the akira bike is one of my favorite sort of pop culture memetics that has taken over mm. i have i have a delorean one with marty mcfly i have a danger mouse one on shirts so much fun but yeah nope is a really enjoyable movie that didn't i don't think got the credit it deserved because people are strange right we get it though that's the important thing we get it we get it we're right <laughs> we didn't do we didn't do an episode on this did i did we on what nope yeah i know we talked about it in like some horror movie episode but i don't think we actually yeah. did like a review episode of it we i do not think we did a review episode of it i think yes you are correct that uh, came up in some horror episode at some point yeah we probably should at, some point. at stst cast remind us what episode <sighs> we talked about nope <laughs> rob do you have any more uh i do not i just have an honorable mention We'll go for it because then Tim's gonna uh, apparently anger us. Okay. Me. Um, so this is not movie. This is TV show, and this isn't even like TV show. TV show. It's uh, entertainment. Um, I have stopped following professional wrestling for a good number of years now. Uh, I I couldn't tell you all the new divisions and and. Uh, groups and who's wrestling where and blah 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 but i will say i saw a video of the return of edge <gasps> and i have to say when his music hit that stadium went crazy my living room and went crazy i have been to live wrestling events like i haven't been to like a wrestlemania or anything like that but i've been to like you know i've been to raws i've been to uh smackdowns and stuff like that i do not remember any crowd going as loud as that did like i've seen the return of the rock i've seen the return of Mick Foley. i was you know watching wcw when sting put the scorpion deathlock on hogan but like nothing compared to when that happened and they're getting so good at directing the audience. You know what These I mean? are masters. Like, all the lights go out, and it's just dead silence for, like, ten seconds, and you know everybody's starting to get, like, the short curlies on the back of their head are already rising. There's not even anything happening, but everybody's just like, oh, man, oh, who's this going to be? And they're just building that anticipation, and then you just, you think you know me. Boom, the whole place lit up. And there's another, there's like a half a step in that. Just for anybody who's not aware, he had retired because of uh, his back was compressed. It's a thing that happens in wrestling. Um, they had said he was never going to wrestle again. So there had been rumors that he was trying to get back in the gym and people were wondering whether he could. But when he steps out, there's, there's a second part of that where like your chills are there for him coming out and you see his face. And he is not hiding or veiling any of the emotion that he is feeling. No. Like, he is like almost in tears from the crowd reaction he's getting. And you can just tell how just gratified and satisfied and amazed he is in that very second with yeah. fireworks going off. Oh, so yeah. The beautiful. look at his face is, holy fuck, that was loud. <laughs> He was he was in as much awe as we were. Yeah. It's so good. 
It's, I, I would say, in the history of uh, Royal Rumbles, which is what that's from, it will probably go down as the greatest Royal Rumble moment um, that I will live through. How does that oh. compare to um, the gobbledygooker? <laughs> it might be too soon. <laughs> slightly above. Only slightly. <laughs> yeah. So that was Survivor Series. Huh. How do we even... All right, I am out. I have, I have run my course. So we are down to uh, the 1,001 holds of one Tim Stevens. Okay, so uh, let's see what we didn't do. He's got a um, green bar list. <laughs> I... Um, I didn't use this one because I figured the other Avengers one would be coming, but the uh, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry scene in the first that's Avengers fun. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so um, sometimes our I think um, you get these pops from like surprise twist movies, oftentimes. And I know this is several problematic characters involved in this one, but the usual suspects reveal of who Kaiser Soze is You're is so one right. that uh, gets you going. Good one. Yes, no, you were so right. When his leg starts to straighten out and the coffee cup and, yeah. Beautiful moment. Uh, This one is very personal to me, so I didn't include it in the main list, but uh, from Man on Fire, when Denzel Washington tells the man that he is, uh, I believe he stuck a grenade into his uh, rectal cavity, and then he tells him, I wish you had more time, and walks away as the man explodes. Uh, That is one that I always uh, get hyped for. Um, I already mentioned Rocky on the Stairs. That made my tentative list. Uh, Music in movies as music. Uh, I struggled with this one a little bit. Uh, I couldn't quite find what I was looking for. But I remember watching High Fidelity with a bunch of people who didn't know who Jack Black was. And the moment he takes the stage and he can actually sing, you could feel the room get as hyped as the characters in the movie who realize for the first time that he's not just full of shit, that he's really Mm -hmm. good. Uh, So that was a great one. And last one uh, that I just, I just know you guys are going to love this one. Here we go. (laughs) Luke Skywalker defeats Kylo Ren by a hologram (laughs) in The Last Jedi. (laughs) The Last Jedi, which by the way is the best and only good Star Wars film. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Deuces. Click. <laughs> oh, if I still had emotion left for Star Wars, I might be angry. It's, it's been cauterized. Oh, I, uh, on a quick check, black aside, I saw in something, an article somewhere, that he had a cameo in um, the Pauly Shore vehicle, Biodome. And... My wife, a big Pauly Shore fan, we had to go find the clip, and lo and behold, him and Kyle are in the background as they're, like, walking through the college quad, and it's a very young, like, just off the heels of NeverEnding Story 3, Jack Black playing guitar. The Jack Black young cameo that I always remember is from Day of the Jackal, this um, Richard Gere, Bruce Willis action film. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Really good movie, too. Yeah, he is a arms dealer. I guess he's an arms dealer. It seems kind of a weird role for him, but maybe he's somebody's <laughs> henchman, I guess. And uh, Bruce Willis practices with his new firearm on uh, Jack Black. <laughs> I, 
you know, I've never done a deep dive into his <laughs> IMDb, but clearly it's much longer than anybody ever gave him credit for. He was just sort of flitting yeah, around, around as around extra. for quite a while, I think. It yeah. wasn't till um, Mars know, Attacks, maybe? Because he was mid I know to late was, 90s that he yeah. started to actually like, show up and stuff consistently. So I have to yeah. ask, the uh, the last Jedi pop was that because I saw it I saw it on streaming I didn't I didn't nobody went in the theater um, was that like a negative pop was that like no. a boo or was that like oh actually... no that played in theaters my friend oh Did I'm sure really? yeah pod racing played in theaters at the time well there is that too I mean you know as you're as you're talking about this uh, and listing off your other ones, I thought that may have been like a bad pop, like an anti-pop. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that's a positive I, pop right there. I um, do have an anti-pop that, well, that I can it. throw on the, uh, yeah, the honorable mention. Uh, do you have anything else, Hatton? Do you have anything? No, I'm good. I'm tapped. You want to add to this? So, I mean, other, other than just judging Tim for Last Jedi, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what movie we were watching but it was a trailer and it was oh, okay. it was a bunch of people trapped in an elevator I was going to say this is a very similar one to what I have <laughs> weird and mysterious things started happening and like the audience was like really invested and and it was I know what this is like they'd lull you with some basic stuff and then like they'd give you a quick taste of a piece of action and you'd hear the audience be like, huh? Oh my God. Every time that happened. And then it said from M night Shyamalan and the whole movie theater just fucking booed for five minutes. It's devil. Yes. Yeah, it was devil. the fucking trailer for devil. And everybody was like, yo, what is yo? This looks really good. The minute his name came on screen, they just completely turned. It's not his worst movie. My audience didn't have it's that intense close. reaction, but it was that kind of thing where you felt like the entire audience being into the movie, like, ooh, I, I want to see this when this comes out. This is really interesting. And then people just cracking up when it was M. Night Shyamalan, like yeah. laughing at the screen. But to put another Star Wars out, the movie out there, um, <laughs> the, what is it? The Rise of Skywalker, the moment that... Um, <laughs> This I can't remember Palpatine? the character's name, uh, but somehow Palpatine has returned. Yes. That was a negative pop where you felt the audience go, you just like giggle. <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> it was uh, it was Poe, wasn't it? Poe Dameron? Yes, Poe po says it. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Because it was such a throwaway plot point. Like well, the there is, was like, no... You knew that people were going to have questions. You knew right. that the nerds were already taking their glasses off and going, um, excuse me, didn't this, but what about when this, did? and they just have Poe kind of turn to the assembled group, somehow Palpatine has returned, and that's supposed to just right. It lacks the everything. strength of its convictions. Like, if you had him just step and be like, Oh my God, Palpatine's returned. Like people would still have questions, but I feel like you could get, at least in that moment, you could get the audience on board. And then later they'd be like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. How did that happen? Yeah. Right. Or, but, or even make it a, a lost level mystery that you're never going to explain and have a right. question it. How it did it somehow let you know? This somehow seems to give you insight into what was happening in whoever was writing that. Like, shit, man, I don't know how you were. I, you know what? Somehow. 
There we go. All right, I'm gonna go get lunch. <laughs> I think I think the original take was apparently Palpatine <laughs> has returned, and they said, mm, "I think that that doesn't really it gives the wrong punch." I think we need to change that. Apparently, so here's the thing, guys. To, to I don't know what's out. going on, but Palpatine returned. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. had happened was. It's one of those lines that they're like, oh, man, we got a break. Uh, we're going to go into overtime. Just recorded the somehow, and we'll get back to that. We'll fix it later. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. we got through, like, oh, we we'll just time. use a somehow shot of the work. back of Poe Dameron's head <laughs> so we don't have to match up his mouth right. to anything. Well, it's a lot better than the other take of him coughing and <laughs> Palpatine return. <laughs> Sorry, you said No, no, no. I said nope. <laughs> just going to go. One of the cutting room floors was... And then there's this motherfucker. <laughs> As if we don't have enough to worry about now. Palpatine's back. Oh my god! I probably would have. I probably would have cheered at a. And then there's this motherfucker line from Poe We have so many things going. I'm um, getting word. Oh, and Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Poe's having a really, really deep moment given his kind of like, you know, his Independence Day speech. And and all of a sudden the screen cuts in and Palpatine's behind him. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the newsman thing. Somebody walks up and like whispers to him like, oh, uh, uh, and I'm getting word now that Palpatine has returned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you brought up Independence Day. That was one I was surprised none of us did the Independence Day speech. Uh, they I thought Robert had that Jaws. One. I thought might be on somebody's list. Rob is a big touter of Independence Day. The Independence Day speech. The, the 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 quote from the president was up there, but I think it's overshadowed by Randy Quaid throwing himself into the spaceship. Oh, uh, that's true. And I hate Randy Quaid, so. Running from the star fuckers? Yeah. He wasn't going to be on my list. Automatic fave, Randy Quaid. Yeah, he wasn't going to be on my list. I mean, I, I, cheered for, I cheered for Welcome to Earth. I celebrated on Earth Day every year. Welcome to Earth. Love Earth. Uh... All right. So, people out there in the somethingverse, uh, there are other movies that we didn't talk about. There's other Lots. things we didn't mention. Oh, I, there's at least one. Yeah. How would you deliver the news that Palpatine has returned? Where, Rob, can they tell us? You would go to somethingcast.com, which is the repository of all things. Something you can find all of our different buttons and widgets and doodads to find us on all of our different social media places. Uh, we have to add our threads link on there. So for oh, those yeah, of you who right. listen to us on mobile, you can find us over at threads as well. Um, our email is there, all the different places you can catch us and, and, and leave us stuff on our Twitter, our Facebook, our threads. Let us know what you agree with, what you don't agree with, what movies you would have put on your list. Let us know. Yes. Now, before we go, uh, since we have Mr. Stevens in here and you are a bounty of pop culture ephemera, uh, I always try to ask, is there, what, what's been your go-to? Is there comic book, movie? Is there something that we should be watching, seeing, ingesting? Yes. So what I'm going to throw at you is really obscure, but it's fairly recent, and anyone with a Roku can watch it. It's a TV series called Slip. It's six episodes long, and the premise is every time this woman has an orgasm, she ends up in a different reality. <laughs> I'm sold. Set. 
And it is so, and like, it's a funny premise, but it is so incredibly good. Um, it gets into like what it's like to be a foster kid. I promise there's a connection. Um, why because why she never feels comfortable where she is why she always wants something more what it's like to have everything you want and still be unhappy it's really really well done and funny as hell so uh it's called slip you can get it on the roku channel uh if you got a roku player it is free if not online you go to uh, roku.com and i believe it's free on the website as well i will be watching that it's going on the list right next to upgrade because it that sounds like a premise that sort of tethered in certain ways to uh, sex criminals yeah yeah I, very, a similar idea um you know obviously they do something different with it as a power but hers is more out of control um, right. but in a world full of alternate universe stuff uh it is did some really interesting stuff that i haven't seen other things do and um like i said it it is quietly really emotionally impactful especially Thank if you, you have any familiarity with foster system or foster kids very good, very good. Any other uh, big pops as far as like things you've watched and we should know about? Because uh, that one is already now on the list because that sounds awesome. On theaters right now is a movie called Joyride that's unfortunately not doing great business but is a very funny um, road movie. Um, people call it raunchy. Uh, I guess you could say that. It's sort of... Um, the most compa compa comparisons are like Hangover and uh, Bridesmaids. I think it's better than mm. both of those. Um, all Asian cast, uh, Asian American cast. Uh, really recommend it. Um, in the world of comic books, anything written by Chip Zdarsky, I'd say go oh, for. Sure. Um, oh, and I just read something called, it's called Haunted Hill. It is a comic book from, uh, writer's name is, let me get it. First name is Richard. Second name. Well, I'll tell you the premise, then I'll give you the author, writer, uh, drawer, uh, artist's name. It is. Um, it's like a Hollywood book. Woman is on her, or person's on the last chance. Okay, Richard Fairgrave is the author's name. Um, sort of the last legs. Haunted Hill refers to like the worst part of Hollywood you can live in and still be considered semi-successful, mm. and uh, it features the dirtiest covers. Um, that have nothing to do with sex you've ever seen. For instance, <laughs> the first one is a pink um, frosted donut with two fingers inside the center of it. Um, and it's that kind of um, that kind of book, <laughs> but it's a it's a great ride and something a little different from comics. So check that out. And uh, I already gave you a TV recommendation. Uh, why not music? Uh, Tessa Violet has a new album out that uh, came out Friday. And uh, if you like... Well, if you like good music, but if you like sort of dream pop, uh, female vocalist, a little bit of electronic underneath it, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, and uh, just a quick Google later, a, there is a... I see this donut cover as well as one where a woman has her pursed open lips as a horse is coming out of her mouth. That's for Haunted Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Putting that in chat just so Rob can enjoy that as well. And can oh, feed our lovely. nightmares. Um, since we have you here, and in the past you have been our uh, comic book go-to guy, uh, I have to ask, what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, Craven the Hunter trailer? <laughs> My first thought on the Craven Hunter trailer was, oh, thank God they gave us a uh, red band trailer for Craven the Hunter. I was worried they were going <laughs> to hold back on some blood. Um, 
My second thought is it isn't Craven. Um, it's uh, I mean maybe it's Craven, but the whole origin that he his blood mixes with animal blood and that's what turns him into Craven is kind of wild. Uh, however, I am here for Russell Crowe's era of I talk with a funny accent and pick up a paycheck. Uh, so. <laughs> and, I'm the, and I'm the father of multiple different superheroes in yeah. multiple different... Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm not very excited about it. But my track record with these movies, um, I thought the first Venom was funny, but I did not enjoy it. Um did not like Morbius, so I may not be the best person to talk to if you if you enjoy them. Uh, I think that they're just not very well made. It's very, for me, it's very 90s superhero movie kind of feel yeah. to it. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Um, or you, you're not mainstream ones. You're um, like, not as bad as The Shadow, but that kind of feel where it's like, mm-hmm. we have a character. The Phantom. Yeah, we have a character. We have a limited budget. Not really interested in making the character seem like the real, you know, the source material so much as we just want to evoke the look of it. That's kind of the vibe I get from these properties. Um, that said, if they make a Sinister Six movie like they keep threatening, I'll be there on opening day because I'm an easy mark. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll be so resentful about it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get your take on it because I saw the trailer and I am not at all impressed by it. Uh, the thing is, it makes him a superhero, and you don't need to do that. Like, make him a straight up, you know, make him a villain, or make him, uh, you know, Craven the Hunter. He's a big game hunter, uh, and he, you know, I don't know, he goes out and hunts. He's not going to hunt Spider Man, of course, so you have to have him hunt some sort of worthy foe, but don't make it about good and evil just make it about like his compulsion to be the best yeah um but they basically make him a superhero and that's not interesting and that's not craven yeah there's i mean in in my opinion there is only one story to tell with craven the hunter in it and that is it ends with a shotgun in his mouth yeah <clears throat> yeah that is fearful symmetry and which is awesome he, no it, it's a fantastic book um yeah. but the actor they have is too young to play that Craven. And like you said, they, if they want to try to milk this, they can't make that the story they tell because, you know, I can only do this trick once and, and then, and then there's no more Craven. Um, that's but I'm Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? That's the guy who was also Quicksilver. The yes. one of the Quicksilvers, the lesser Quicksilver, you could argue the lesser yeah. Quicksilver. Yes. The, the, yeah. I didn't even know that that this, so I've been, while you guys were discussing this, I was in IMDb land because I didn't know this existed. Yeah. Yeah, it it's funny. It was one of those things, not to evoke a cursed film, but sort of like The Flash, where they kept saying it was mm. going to happen, and I kept saying, like, yeah, okay, I'll believe that when I see it. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently it's real. Um, and also that Flash movie is, in fact, real. Uh, well, and so is happen. the uh, the Crow movie, apparently, <laughs> wrapped filming. Oh, wow, that's even yeah. more of a that's never going to happen kind of film. Yeah, more, more mm-hmm. vaporware. Yeah. Um, I think my, my favorite thing about that Flash trailer, and I had only sort of been clued into all of the drama surrounding it uh, before I watched the trailer, to which it was, oh, this is a Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, everybody in the DC. Oh, I think the Flash is in it too, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> Movie. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's funny that... Uh, Warner Brothers couldn't figure out what to do with it. It's so obvious because there was moments where, like you said, the trailer is all like 
there are other heroes in this movie. And then there was the month period where they had everyone who was employed by them saying it was the best superhero movie they had ever seen. <laughs> uh, but they even abandoned that by the time the movie came out. So it was one of those things that like, they even stopped using that as a sales pitch. It was just like, well, there is a Flash movie. They are releasing it in theaters. It would be cool if you saw it. <laughs> oh, Such a silly thing. I mean, obviously, the star doesn't help the thing, but also it was, what, seven years in the making, four different yeah. directors, five different yeah. scripts. Like, it it was cursed long before they cast a literal criminal, uh, but that certainly <laughs> didn't help the situation. At, at this point in time, I think the only thing DC can do is, realistically, give it a full reboot, stop making it gritty, and start clean, because they're not going to do anything that worked like the TV stuff. We've discussed this before, and they can't just keep... Batmaning us over and over and expect that'll make all these other movies work because it won't. Yeah, I mean, I'm you... intrigued by the casting <clears throat> for uh, Green Lantern. Oh, that um, what's his name is Guy Gardner. Yeah. Oh, Neil I Fillion. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan yeah, Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I'm intrigued by that. Uh, but like, I still feel that the thing that DC should do and should have done from the beginning, and I know we're way off topic from our show at this point, but I don't care. It's fine. We're um, host. <clears throat> once Marvel got such a huge lead on them in creating their shared universe and built all those foundations, DC should have leaned into their one-shot stories or their three-book stories and not yep. try to make this big shared universe do, you know, do Killing Joke, do Red Sun, do Gotham by Gaslight, do, like, lean into those one-shots right? that you can just make as a movie and not worry about, but we're not going to get seven sequels out of this. Like, you're, you're competing. It, it's not going to work. And it still hasn't worked. And now they have James Gunn who's like rebooting the whole thing. But when I read, hey, we're rebooting it, we're wiping the slate clean. Well, we're not really wiping the slate clean. Some people are still going to carry over to... It felt like like when the New 52 happened like just every say, it's three like years. In comics. Yeah. They're like, yeah, everything's different except the Green Lanterns are exactly the same. The Batman books haven't changed at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree that, you know, if you're... They got beat so bad trying to make this shared universe that why not? And their most, their biggest successes were their Batman films, and yep. those were standalones. So go ahead and make, you know, make a Superman movie that's just Superman. Or, you know, if you want to have other characters in there, that's fine. But, like, this is not because the next one is Justice League. If that happens, great. But, like, don't focus on that. Just focus on developing a good Superman film and go yep. from there. Which is a trial un unto itself. And also, you know, you do have other characters besides Batman. You can make a movie about another character. No. <laughs> like, the thing that everyone forgets is the MCU launched with Iron Man, which was a character they still had the rights to because no one wanted him. Mm -hmm. uh, because he wasn't a big enough deal. Like, you know, he is a older character, but he was not... Um, an A-level character, everyone who read comics would be like, oh, there's Demon in the Bottle. You're like, okay, what else right. is there? Well, Armor Wars is dumb, but it was fun. Okay, what else is there? Well, they made a sequel to Armor Wars that wasn't very good. <laughs> like, okay, name one more. I, I don't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, we're out. Yeah. 
Uh, and The Avengers was not a a level book. Like um, X Men ate The Avengers lunch for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got quality characters that aren't necessarily a level but you can invest in and make work on screen in some ways it's easier because they arrive with less baggage like if you can make a cool trailer and sell somebody on the idea of the latest one they're trying now is blue beetle yep maybe that works and if it hits then you have so much less you have to worry about in terms of fan expectation and things like that but yeah it's just it was always a dumb idea to be like well we're gonna have a ready-made universe like marvel did well, they didn't start with that idea. They kind of threw it out in the teaser because they were like, well, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? But that wasn't their focus. And then you've got, you know, DCU or the, uh, well, the Dark Universe um, didn't end up going anywhere. But that same thing where it was just like, oh, we'll just start immediately with the universe. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work. With this, with, with sort of the, the pomposity that everybody knows who these characters are, so it's going to be built right. in and sold. Yeah. I mean, the dark universe should have worked because uh who didn't want to see johnny depp as i forget the invisible man maybe no <laughs> probably never mind it, it wasn't the invisible i forget what he was supposed to be um but yeah it's just i it's think okay thankfully, to make movies just that are movies it's okay you don't have to make everything a universe and i i think even with star wars having its handful of failures and the marvel universe now starting to to really sort of settle into there's some good stuff but it's not all of it um, I think the shared universe moment of cinema has finally quieted down because, yeah. holy crap. And I think that's okay. I think that's good. I think it's good yes, that we too. have shared universes, and I think it's great that we don't. Like, not everything mm-hmm. needs to be the same. We, you know, I think it's also a mistake. There's a certain contingency that's like, Marvel needs to shut down and not make movies for five years and then come back and not have a shared universe anymore. No, I don't necessarily agree that with the, that either. It's like, no, they have something that they worked and that I think they get their groove back on. It's just not everything needs to look exactly like the thing across the street. Yep. You know, um, I'm trying to think of other trends in films right now, but, you know, like when romantic comedies were happening, not every movie needs to be a romantic comedy, and they burnt out on doing that. And mm-hmm. it's cowboy movies back in the day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and not just, everything has to be an edgy teenage comedy, American Pie era, you know. Right. Well, I I'm mean, everything should be an edgy teenage comedy, but, you know, I guess it doesn't have to be. <laughs> There's only so many Blink-182 songs to have one in every film. <laughs> I love and the I idea think... that that's what stopped them. They're like, I, guys, I don't know what to tell you. We've exhausted the Blink-182 catalog. <laughs> you know, writer's strike and everything that's going on aside, I think they're kind of looking for that next wave to ride. Right. Um, because, like, Quantumania didn't do great. Um, the newest Mission Impossible movie came in. Apparently not doing well, which sucks because it was great but yeah yeah the open it, it opened at 53 million dollars i think something like that yeah which is not fantastic at all for a movie like that um how did creed how did the new creed movie do i think it did decent but it didn't okay. do as well as the first two in terms of box office i don't believe okay i love as to the side i've loved the first two so i've been looking forward to watching that on streaming i think it's worth seeing uh they uh, Michael B. Jordan's the director, and he does some really interesting stuff, uh, especially with the the actual boxing scenes. There's one that mm-hmm. he made a big deal about how much he loves anime in the past, and he said he used some anime influences, and you never know what that's going to look like. Yeah. But there's one scene that does feel incredibly anime without ruining the universe. It's a pretty impressive trick. Because that second, uh, the, the second movie has some of the most intense boxing sequences I think I've ever seen in a film. Brutal, yeah. Yeah. 
and well, so beautifully done. Like and it, it feels exactly like you're watching what is a ultra violent boxing match. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy went on and did something else weird next. If I, I can't remember what he. Uh, so apparently, right. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, it's fine. Uh, Creed three opened at fifty eight point seven million. It was mm-hmm. projected to earn thirty six to forty. Um, but apparently the big number that people are talking about is the fact that Creed 3 made, bo- made more box office money opening weekend than every other Rocky movie combined. That's wild. Wow. Crazy. Oh, that's what he did. He did Transformers Rise of the Beasts was the most recent movie from the director of Creed 2. Which, uh, that's been getting fairly good reviews from what I've seen on social medias and stuff. On a sliding scale of Transformers movies, it is certainly not the worst. Um, And it's not as good as uh, Bumblebee, but it's probably better than all but the first and maybe the first Michael Bay one. So, yeah, it's not terrible. Yeah, that's not a high ceiling either, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, yeah, especially when you get into two through, what is it, five he directed, I guess, in total. Those are all pretty... When it was just Mad Lib titles. Dark yeah. of the... Adjective. Dark of the moon, yeah. That's a brilliant, it's almost as good as Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I think we have tapped the minds of pop culture and the universe. Is uh, So when people want to go find Tim Ungaj Stevens, one more time for everyone, where can they go? At thespool.net, uh, where I'm the TV editor. And actually, coming up in August, we are doing Filmmaker of the Month. Uh, we do it every month, but I'm leading the Filmmaker of the Month in August, so be sure to check that one out, because that's from me. That's uh, featuring Ben Wheatley, the director of Meg 2, uh, coming in August, but also good movies. So check that out. Um, I am film critic at Wealth of Geeks, and you can see me a couple times a month there. And like I said, if... Uh, Higher education is what gets you going. I'm Kyle.edu. Check me out there. Uh, in terms of social media, Ungaje, U-N-G-A-J-J-E. I am still on Twitter. I'm going to go down with that chip because uh, what else is there to do? And I'm also on Blue Sky, which is the new hotness. Uh, I am not on Threads. I have no particular plan to join Threads. I'm too much of an influencer already, and I just don't feel like I deserve that kind of power. <laughs> I will look... I won't do threads because it doesn't have a desktop app and I don't want to type on my phone. Yeah, that's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just not doing it. So Rob yep. handles our threads. I'll yeah. look at Blue Sky, though, because I tried, uh, what was the one? Mastodon. And I, whereas I like the premise, it just... Eh. Couldn't get with Mastodon. I I Blue it. Sky, I've, I've liked more. I, to be perfectly honest, like I just, uh, the past month or so, I've gotten significantly less interested in both... in. Um, text-based social media services, I think um, there's just less people on Twitter. It's less interesting, and yeah. uh, it, it, once the habit gets broken, it gets so much easier not to check it out as often, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Ah, gotta love addiction. We are on the <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the waiting list for Blue Sky. So, I did sign well, us up. If you are interested, next time I have an invitation, I can send it over to one of you. Well, that'd be awesome. Please do. Yeah, happy to. Uh, All right. Rob, what do you got? Tim, if you haven't read our blog for this week, uh, I did actually reference the first one, the Meg, because I just recently saw it. What did you think? uh, 
Uh, like the part it, where Jason Statham punches a shark. <laughs> it literally, it literally took 15 minutes for me to get to the point of the only reason I'm continuing to watch this movie is to see how many times I get to hear Jason Statham and his accent say Megalodon. Like that it's was not. It's not a few. It's yeah, more than that. No, that was it for the for the remainder of it. It was just keeping a counter. Megalodon. Megalodon. It's quick, a megalodon. Quick. Like that's all it was. I was like, okay, here we go. Well, everybody, thank you all for listening. Uh, and again, we already told you everything is. Go uh, read Tim instead of commenting to us. Until that time, I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. Tim, thank you for joining us. I will always be Tim Stevens. I'm See you next you. time. Later. Something, something, something. Okay, here we go.